Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shakedown Stream. My name's Jared Bear and I'll be the host. We have made it through February and now we are getting ready for March 1st. Welcome back to Shakedown Stream. Our theme, they love each other. But before we get into the stream, let's go back to March 1st, 1969, the Fillmore West. Right on. Sweet, sweet 
jealous of you. Well, you know, son, you just can't figure. First thing you know, you're gonna pull that trigger. And no wonder your reason knows a bad. Jelly roll will drive the storm in. Same old story, and I know it's been told. Some like jelly, jelly, some like gold. Assembled in the hall. Lost is the long and loneliest time, fairy sibyl flying. All along the, all along the mountains of the moon. Oh. 
come through this time Down by the water The Marsh King's daughter Did you know Clothed in tatters Always will be Somewhere did you go Mountains of the moon Electra Mountains of the moon All along the All along the mountains Of the moon I hold the Carrion crow Falderaldi That's Mountains of the Moon. And before that was Dupree's Diamond Blues from March 1st, 1969, the Fillmore West. One of the first really great box sets that the Grateful Dead officially released was this Fillmore West shows. And they only put out 500 uh, editions of that box set. And now they're incredibly coveted. Like They go for thousands of dollars on eBay. But I have the sampler, and I wish that I bought the box when I could have. Well, blah, 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 another deadhead uh, reminiscing about what he should have done and what he could have done. My name's Jer Bear, and hey, happy March 1st, and here we go. Well, a very cool uh, listener, supporter of Shakedown Stream, he offered this song for our theme for the month, They Love Each Other. And... Uh, the Grateful Dead played the song for the very first time in 1973. They played it more in 1973 than any other year. And the way they played it was unlike the tune that we probably uh, came to know as Deadheads. But we'll get more into that. What I want to do throughout the month of March is weave in the Fare Thee Well shows from Santa Clara, starting with the first one of June 27th. And we're going to start right from the beginning i may not go in order of the show um but i want to play this one right now uh i had a lot of fun in santa clara and i kind of wish that they put out a box set of the santa clara music but we can do something right here on our own right here on shakedown stream
Fare thee well. 627-15. It's the first song they played of this 50-year anniversary. And that was Truckin'. And near the end, uh, Trey and Bobby, uh, Trey, I don't think he uh, knew, whatever, he screwed up the ending. <laughs> and so uh, Trucking and Cumberland Blues were uh, the two songs that they played twice, but that was it. You know, each show was really its own show, very unique. So I'm going to be dipping from this show throughout the next five weeks of March for Shakedown Stream. Happy to do it. Glad to do it. That's a blend. That's a matrix. That's a hybrid. That's a part soundboard, part audience. And uh, so you, you may hear some fluctuations. Well, I want to thank everybody who contributed to our fundraiser last month. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And we have some winners. I don't know exactly how the prizes and all that are going to be divvied up. The radio station, they take care of that stuff. But I do want to congratulate Chris from Vineyard Haven, Dr. Peter from Assinet, Massachusetts, uh, Keith from Canton, Mass., Michael from Larksburg, California, Jim from Potomac Falls, Virginia, and Jackie from Grove, Illinois. Oh, is that Buffalo Grove? Yeah, so we got a little smattering of different people, but Massachusetts held strong for Shakedown Stream. Thank you. Well, so our theme this month will be They Love Each Other, and we're going to start from 1973 and kind of watch the development of the song as we go along. Our featured show will be 2973, famous show from Stanford, Palo Alto, California. Interesting, Santa Clara, right next to Palo Alto. There's some symmetry. But... In January of 1973, the Dead didn't play any shows until February, and they broke out all these new tunes. But Jerry Garcia and Merle Sanders played at the Inn of the Beginning in Katati, California, January 15, 1973. This gives us a little sense of where Garcia was at in the beginning of the year of 1973. This tune is for all those who contributed to Shakedown Stream. Thank you. Everybody has to send their beer to the bar, but we can still do another tune.
back with Jerry Garcia, Merle Saunders, and Bill Kreutzman and John Kahn. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that the best thing right there? Great. Energetic?
All right, that's Jerry Garcia with Merle doing Lonely Avenue. And I believe that was recorded on KSAN, or first appeared on KSAN radio out in San Francisco. I don't know how, I don't have the exact date, but this appears on the Merle Sanders and Jerry Garcia Fire Up Plus. And Billy Kreutzmann on drums on that, so that's good. Before that, we heard Money Honey. And that is from 11573, Jerry and Merle. Which leads us to the song, They Love Each Other. Great song. And uh, I went to many dead shows where they played that song. I was very familiar with that song. The Jerry Garcia band did the tune. It's written by Garcia and Hunter. The first time that it was ever performed live by the Grateful Dead was on February 9th, 1973, and that will be our featured show. They played the song 227 times as the Grateful Dead, and as I said, in 1973 they played it 46 times, one time in 74, one time in 75, and then in 1976 brought the song back, and they played it 15 times and uh, played it quite a bit from then. But the song never sounded the same after 1974-1973. I have this version, which comes from a demo for Garcia's second album. And uh, let's check this out. I don't have the exact date, but it is a demo from uh, some studio jamming from 1973. And this may be one of the first versions of They Love Each Other we'll ever hear, right here on Shakedown Stream.
Well, that sounds like Bobby's uh, rhythm guitar back there in the studio. I don't know much about where that They Love Each Other came from, but it's one of the earliest versions. And the song was a very uh, bubbly, upbeat kind of maybe reggae type of a tune, but it was very fast. And uh, those early versions from 1973 were just fun. And so uh, that begins our conversation. And... Uh, great song but you know there's not a lot of information about the tune even in uh, David Dodd's uh, Grateful Dead lyrics they just provide the lyrics when it was first played but no um, interpretation of the phrases or the the uh, words or the lyrics in the song so it's one of those songs that we all know it's part of the conversation uh, but I think we can all kind of read into it however we want we have complete freedom well, before we get into our featured show this week, I received a copy of Steve Kimmock's new album called Last Danger of Frost. And uh, it just came out. I just got it. I've been listening to it a little bit over the weekend. I thought I'd share uh, the title song with you right now. This is Steve Kimmock, Last Danger of Frost, 
right here on Shakedown Stream. That's Steve Kimmock with his new album, and uh, the track is called Last Danger of Frost, which is the name of the album. Steve Kimmock, Last Danger of Frost. Very nice guitar player, as we all know. He's played with Bobby and Rat Dog. He played with the other ones. He's played with Phil and Friends. He's played with his own band. He's a very, very good guitar player. Steve Kimmock, check out his new album. It's called Last Danger of Frost. And since it's March 1st, good name for an album. Good timing. Well, I want to get right to it. This is our featured show this week, February 9th, 1973. It's the Grateful Dead at Roscoe Maples Pavilion at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California, where it all began for the Grateful Dead. And there's a lot of new songs that are played at this show. We have Loose Lucy, Here Comes Sunshine, Eyes of the World, China Doll, and Wave That Flag. 
And I still have to find my playing in the band, but if I do find it, I will definitely play it. This is my old bootleg. I've had this show for a long time, and I thought, uh, I'm going to play my version. Uh, I could have downloaded or found a uh, better quality of this show, but I want to play mine because I always loved this bootleg, and I still do. Right on. Let's get right to it right here on Shakedown Stream, The Grateful Dead.
shack nailed to a pine wood floor. As the time, baby, I don't know. Come back later, gonna let it show. And I say, roll, Jimmy, roll. Gonna get there. I don't know. Seems to come.
This is is a whole new PA system that we've got worked up, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of ironing out. This is sort of to get the bugs out, and I, that's why we're here. And towards the course, if you've been following us for any number of years at all, you'll realize that this happens every place we go, every time we play, and we've been trying to do it for a long time now. And well, hopefully. But if it irritates you, tonight's going to get you crazy. On the other hand, toward the end of this evening, we, we, we hope this is, that this PA, this all new PA of ours is going to really stand up and grow some hair. Is there anybody back there who can't hear? Well, uh, you can't hear? What can't you hear? Everything. Enunciate, please. Listen. If, uh, if Do not 
Thank you. That's right, it's poker time. Take up the yoke and plow the fields around. 
place when the lady said please Jimmy Jack Jones won't you come to me Jimmy Jack Jones won't 
All right, that's Here Comes Sunshine. And I'm missing the playing in the band, but I will find it. Before that, El Paso, Brown-Eyed Woman, Mexicali Blues, a little beer barrel polka tuning. The first Loose Lucy ever. Looks Like Rain, Sugary, Me and My Uncle, Deal, Black-Throated Wind, Row Jimmy Rowe, also first time played, and The Promised Land. That's our future show, first set, 2973, Stanford University, Palo Alto, California. And the first set is a little rough, but there's some moments where it's really good. Here Comes Sunshine is such a great tune, and just, you know, I always thought, like, that's the tune they should do, you know, more of. When they brought it back in the 90s, it wasn't the same. They kind of did it differently. It just wasn't the same. Well, apparently... This show um, was kind of crazy. And I was just reading a review of this show. So it was uh, howling wind and rain outside. But the band played a pretty rocky first set. Uh, But during the second set, uh, people were dancing and the stage started bobbing up and down like a boat on the ocean. And the PA scaffolding started swaying back and forth like palm trees in a high wind. And it got going pretty good. And even the band probably wondered if they should get off the stage or not. But they didn't. They continued to play. And one of the greatest things about the Grateful Dead is they knew how to kind of interchange with the audience. The audience had just as much to do with the music and the jamming and the good vibes as the band. You know, the Dead started playing in Palo Alto as Mother McCree's up-down jug champions. And then uh, when they became the Warlocks, they played at their very first acid test on November 27, 1965 at a home in Soquel. And all of this was their new relationship with Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, where they were putting uh, sunshine in the Kool-Aid. They weren't the Warlocks very long, and they became the Grateful Dead, and they played at an acid test in a home near the San Jose Civic Center. So this show has some kind of connection in that this is where the band started. Billy Kay, uh, he talks about how he grew up in Palo Alto. He had his own apartment, and uh, that's where Bobby Weir met Jerry Garcia for the first time. On another note in Grateful Dead news, Phil Lesh and Friends played three nights in Vegas last weekend. And, uh, Johnny K, Johnny, Johnny Cattlesick, and Stanley Jordan were with this incantation. I heard some of it. It sounded very good. I think they played three really good shows in Las Vegas. So that's good news. Well, why don't we keep on going uh, this next introduction into set two of our featured show is the voice of Wavy Gravy, right on. Okay, how's that? Hiya! I'm told to make this announcement short and not political. I'll make it short, but political's weird. Like, uh, taking a shit is a political act. Smoking it is a more political act. 
But world politics and a rainbow on a pole is what we're about. My name is Wavy Gravy. I'm with the Hawk Farm. And like many, many people all over the planet, we were alarmed and horrified at this incredible disaster called Bach Mai. Now, Managua is not political, right? And uh, Bangladesh is not political. But Bach Mai is another kind of disaster that happened over Christmas with a bunch of B-52s, and we leveled the largest hospital teaching hospital four times bigger than the one at Stanford in Southeast Asia. And what we want to do is send them back another hospital. Tell them about it, Asa. We got these baskets around, right? People will be moving around. That's one way of doing it. If you want to help us figure out another way of doing it, come to Scope. That's a bunch of guys here at uh, Columbe Hall and get together and do more stuff about Bach Mai and uh, wear our buttons and uh, polish your rainbows. And now the rainbow makers, right? Here they are.
source of the problem is a dead battery somewhere. That's the truth. That's the God's truth.
Your child 
Just like Jack the Ripper Just like Bojo Rambling Road 
It's our new single, Broke Big as Hell in Pittsburgh.
Dream.
dancers Joyce, my friends Better take
Frank, ja genau.
Well, how about that, folks? A Casey Jones encore from our future show, 2973 Palo Alto. Before that, we were doing an around and around out of Uncle John's band, a Sugar Magnolia, Wave That Flag, first time ever played in the history of the Grateful Dead, a song that would go on to great glory and be dubbed U.S. Blues. Before that, Box of Rain, Ramble on Rose, Big River, and then China Doll out of Eyes of the World, out of Trucking. The first China Doll, first eyes. And then, before that, we heard They Love Each Other. First time ever played. A Jack Straw, a China Cat Rider, and a Wavy Gravy introduction to the second set. Well, that's our featured show, 2973. I love this show. I've had it for a long time. And I owe you a playing in the band. I don't know where it is. I thought I had it, but I must have dropped it. But I will make sure that I make it up to you from week to week. Yeah, this is our They Love Each Other. Now, next week will be March 8th, which will be the anniversary of Pigpen's death. So we're going to have to do a little nod to Mr. Pigpen. Not often that the show falls on actually March 8th. But um, we're going into the Pisces mode. I like Pisces. I always get along with them. Well, speaking of March, and I just was, uh, here's a little tidbit of some Garcia stuff from March of 1967. Check it out right here on Jake Downstream. Right on. Well, how is this uh, war in Vietnam getting? Well, not directly at all so far, except that it's getting start, starting to get hard to buy things like cymbals and guitar strings certain kinds of things. You can't stock lots of them because they're making bullets out of them. Yeah. And that, like, is hitting us where we live a little bit. And that we're starting to get an idea that that uh, there's something going on in the world that nobody knows about mm-hmm. very much, you know. Yeah. But it's like, it's a big mystery. And it's not really a mystery. The, the, the war is like a, an effort on the part of uh, the establishment to keep the... Uh, the uh, economic situation in the United States is comparatively stable. Well, if you hadn't already served in the service... Would I go? That's right. I wouldn't go. I would not go. I'm totally against war. I'm, I, I'm, I'm against it not on any religious principles, but just because I could never kill anybody. Yeah. And uh, I don't expect that in the natural course of things I would ever be brought to a situation in my head where I would want to kill anybody or where I'd actually be able to do it. I just not I just don't want to do it. You know, it's like it's a sin. It it might be the only sin that there is. It's, it's like anti-life. And I'm yeah. against anything that's anti-life. But do you think really there are some people of course who uh, don't care about killing I and mean, if they do, but don't you think the majority of the guys fighting over there don't want to kill but they have to? I don't know whether whether they do or not. I I think if they do object to killing, I don't see why they don't object to killing and say, I'm not going to kill, I refuse to kill, I'm not going to kill yeah. anybody. Um, no matter what you do to somebody, it's not as bad as killing them. You know, like killing them is killing them. Yeah, that's sort of fine, fine line about it. Right, and uh, I don't see how anybody could do it. You know, I don't see how anybody could do it, how anybody could... Uh, uh, 
drop bombs on rice paddies or on little villages or something like that. I mean, it's really a horror to me. You know, it's not. I'm not intellectualizing about it. I'm only speaking from like news reels and things that I've seen. Yeah. And what I've seen is like really horrified me. I don't understand why it's going on. It's not my idea, and uh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm any kind of uh, subversive force. You know, I I feel, I feel like an American, and I'm really ashamed of it lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I would, you know, I don't think the country has to do that. I don't think the people want it to happen. Uh, I think that other kinds of internal differences, you know, changes like social changes of some sort, that would uh, would make the economic thing work out in such a way uh, so that it wouldn't be necessary to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. There's bound to be alternatives, is the thing. I think that that killing people is like the stupidest thing we can do. Just stupid. Supposedly, there's a purpose. I mean, what purpose is there? Of the purpose someone, is the purpose in the case of the war seems to be so that whoever the few the handful of people who have the actual monetary power in the United States are will be able to retain that power. The whole idea, the whole power struggle, you know, is like it's some kind of modern fallacy that uh, by having something you're you're gaining something. Like like having lots of money or having lots of a huge corporation or something like that. It all represents power, but the kind of power that it is is like it's illusory. It's not real power. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> I mean it's like worthless. You know, well, like if you're gonna die, you're gonna die, and all the things that you've done in terms of your power and your money and stuff like that are of absolutely no value. They're they're just like pointless. I think I think it's more important for me to live a good life than it is for me to be rich and powerful or something like that. But that whole drive toward toward power mm -hmm. and wealth and uh, and uh, I'm going to keep it all myself, you know, nobody's going to get any of mine, you know, mm -hmm. is like, it's it's insane. Yeah. It, it's just, an, it's an insane attitude. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I agree, but on this Vietnam thing, uh, say our own country was directly threatened, would you I don't know what I do. Life. I don't. I don't know what I do until uh, until such time as that actually yeah. happened. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it happening because I've got better things to worry about. If I want to worry about stuff, yeah. I I don't know. See, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I I think in my own head, th these are conclusions that I've just arrived at. They're not anything that anybody told me or anything I read. I've just arrived at them by like watching mm -hmm. things happen. Uh, I think that that the that, that the world needs to be would would best uh, serve itself by by like taking care of itself. Like if the world if everybody in the world could learn to be responsible to the extent of taking care of what's going on right around them, to seeing that nobody dies in front of them, you know, uh, to, to care a little. Uh, then the 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 world's big problems would like disappear. There are there aren't. I don't think there are any big problems. See, I, we're all human beings. We're all occupying this globe, and we have to learn how to live together. We have to, you know, we have to uh, to learn to get along because we're like using up the earth. Yeah. You know, we're using up our resources. We're 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 creating weird situations in which we kill each other. Uh, we're uh, destroying all the natural beauty around us. And we're destroying each other. Uh, 
and it's it's it doesn't seem like the way things should go. It seems like everybody should be like working in some way to advance the world as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, your music then is definitely working on this end to try and uh, in in the extent that w that that we are trying to make music in such a way that our music will not have a message for anybody. We don't have anything to tell anybody. You know, we don't want to change anybody. We, we just want to. Uh, give people a chance to feel a little better. Mm. You know, that's the absolute most we want to do with our music. Music, our music doesn't like the music doesn't enter into these ideas, and these ideas are just my personal mm. opinions. They're not, they're not our way of feeling like. Cause like everybody in the band has their own ideas about the world and about yeah. about the way things are and stuff like that. Everybody's entitled to that. Our, the music that we make together is something that's uh, an act of love and an act of joy. We like it. You know, we really like it a lot. And uh, uh, it, 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 if it says something, it says it in its own terms at the moment we're playing it. And uh, it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, it, it, we're not telling anybody to go get stoned or to go to go to to, to do something different or to drop out or. You know, we're not saying anything to anybody. We're just playing and saying right. They can take it any way they want, yeah. and and that's just the way. That's the way it's best. Well, now do you when this uh, scene uh, moves, like you know, say in New York and the airplanes there now and everything, do you have any objections to moving with it from place? To None place? at all. I in fact, I have. I don't think I have anything else to do in the world. You like to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, just because I like to see a lot of things that I've never seen before. But San Francisco, were you always consider it a home base type I of thing? I was born here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th I think of it, I guess it more as my home than any place else, really. Where are you going to play in New York? I don't know. We're just going. Yeah. We don't have any jobs lined up, but I think we probably will by the time we leave. We're just going to go. We even thought of going there and changing our name and just, uh, you know, being an unknown group again. And seeing if we could do it. Could make it, huh? Sure. Name some, uh, in just short phrases, name some in things and out things, things you like and things you don't like. Things I like and things I don't like. I can only tell you about things I like. I don't know what I don't like. <laughs> there isn't that much I don't like. Uh, I like every, just about everything. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't have any complaints. You know, I don't yeah. have any complaints. I don't have any bones to pick. I don't, you know. Yeah. Good way to be. So, what about uh, this? Is just I'm asking you. What do you think of Buffalo Springfield? I like them. You like them? Yeah, I like. Have you heard Moby Grape? I have. I've heard. You them should ones. hear them. They're good. You really like them? Huh? Yeah, I like them a lot. Skip Spencer. Yeah, he's what rhythm? Rhythm he? guitar player. Yeah. Is he better on rhythm than on drums? Because he's a good drummer. Um, really it's hard to say. It's hard to compare the two. He's good at both. He's yeah. also just beautiful on stage. I mean, he's a great showman. You know. Well, when I heard my best friend, I, I thought that was you. You know, I heard that flat top, and it yeah. never occurred to me that it was. Yeah. Well, they did. They did two tracks on it. Like Yorma and Skip both played flat tops on the first track, and then Yorma added the electric lead over. Yeah. Yorma, would you uh, consider an outstanding guitar player, or different, or standard? Or uh he's what? an exceptionally original guitar player. And he's got a lot of beautiful ideas and and a uh, lot real good technical facility. Embryonic Journey, uh, that's I really like that. Huh? Yeah, beautiful guitar player.
personal dealings with Matt Cates, I've only heard about him. I don't want to add any hearsay to the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, Matt Cates... Uh, is a cigar-chewing... Uh, right, he's the famous old manager. Yeah. That's all I can say yeah. about him. That's exactly who he is. And ten years ago, that would have been just fine. But now, the way things are now, it's it's outmoded, and it's, uh, it's not even fashionable anymore. And already, like the San Francisco scene, because it's creating so much excitement, the record companies are swarming around, but they're yeah. all leaving. Because the managers and the bands say, no, we don't want to, we don't want to make a fortune. We don't want to be rock and roll stars. We want to make good music. And either you you give us the ability to do that, or we don't want anything. Yeah. And uh, so those guys are leaving, scratching their heads and wondering. But they'll be back. They're always they always come back because uh, they know that there's dollars involved in it. Well, what about the radio stations? I mean, all you hear anymore. The radio stations are our friends. Yeah. Well, why don't they? Because I mean, our records aren't out yet. Yeah, <laughs> the airplane. They haven't done much with the. No, airplane. KFRC is playing a lot of stuff off the album. Well, what about their old album? Was that because their old album wasn't all that good? Probably in those days. I, I don't know. Well, see, here's the thing about radio stations. Radio stations. There's only one guy in the radio station that decides what's going to be played, and that's the, the guy called the program director. Yeah. And the program director can be anybody. It can be your uncle or your grandfather. He's yeah. usually a guy who's pretty much of a disinterested observer. He gets incoming records at the rate of some like 50 a day or something like that, 25 a day, dozens and dozens of records, lots of them all the time. Yeah. And he puts down a record and, and puts a needle on the groove and listens to the first 12 bars of it. If, it. if he doesn't like it right then, you never hear of it. It never comes out on the radio. If he does like it, it puts on a playlist, uh, you know, there's some maybe some quota or something like that. The average radio station is only playing about 30 records at a time, 30 or 40 records maybe. You think it's really the like this top 10 business and number one? Well, that has to do with what's sold, but what's sold has to do with what's heard. So the program directors are you are the ones that are that are the cause of a hit or not a hit because they're the ones that decide whether or not the record gets played. Well, the monkey's just driving crazy, you know. Well, when you make a record, you make it for the program director. You know, that's really where it is, when you make a single. You make it for the program director. You make it short, you know, yeah. under two minutes and 30 seconds. And uh, you make it so that, uh, that, it, that, that it'll, theoretic, it'll grab his theoretical ear in the first 12 bars. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't do that, the record never gets played. And there's a hell of a lot of good records that never got played for one reason or another. Well, what do you think of the monkeys? <laughs> what am I supposed to think of them? <laughs> I well, mean, what do you want me to say? Well, I mean, why should they be number one? I mean, the, the music... Well, who knows? Right? They're because their records are pretty good. And they should be good because they have the best, like the best of L.A. studio musicians. They have, they have good arrangers. Who does the singing? Um, uh, I don't know who does the singing. I think that probably, that probably on the recent ones, the monkeys yeah, themselves do the singing. On the early ones, I understood they use studio singers. Yeah. What? How good does a record have to be? I mean, do you know in terms of sales what it has to to be to be number one in the nation on billboards? Uh, or breaking the top hundred? I'm not sure how many a record has to sell. Um, but for example, if you have a record say in the top ten of Billboard, it's a good seller. It's a good record. It's or it's at least it's a commercial record. You know, uh, the, 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 this all this stuff is uh, it's completely mysterious. You know, there's no no telling why any of it happens. Uh, 
it, it's just there there doesn't seem to be any reason why one record should make it over others uh, because like a lot of really good lot a lot of records that 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 have a lot of really good music on them don't ever get played. Well, you've heard your album now, obviously. So what do you think? Well, I, our album, I think our album is honest. It sounds just like us at a job. Yeah. Um, it has, uh, it has, it even has mistakes on it and stuff like that. But it, but it also has a certain amount of excitement on it. It sounds like us. We felt good when we were making it. Uh, we did it in a short period of time, only four days. It's the material that we've been doing on stage, you know, for quite a long time. There's not too much fucking around with it uh, as far as recording techniques. There's not too much reverb and uh, stuff like that added to it, except what we use ourselves. Uh, the instruments sound good, and it sounds, like I say, it sounds like us. It sounds like a good set, one of our good sets. Did you write all the stuff on it? No, some of it's like public domain stuff. And, mm -hmm. All right, this was to Jerry Garcia having a conversation with some dude. Actually, he's described as a former banjo student, and there's somebody else there too. And uh, I believe it was recorded early March of 1967 at the Grateful Dead House in 710 Ashbury Street in San Francisco, California, in the United States of America. I've played some of this before. I will play more of this throughout the month of March and other tidbits. And we will pick up this conversation next week right here on MVYRadio.com. As we always do, we'll play Grateful Dead. And our theme is They Love Each Other. And as we hear all these politicians talking and swirling and doing their little dance, um... The message, they love each other, is ever more prescient, if I may say. And if you do have a state that's going to have a primary or a caucus or just a good old get-together where you do some voting, uh, make sure you vote. And you don't even have to vote for a person. You can just go in and vote and say, none of the above. This is just too crazy. Or you can pick somebody you like who you think, eh, you know, this is the person I think will do a good job. Very curious about what will happen in America, Samoa, but we'll find out as the results come in. Hey, I'll see you next week, and we will pick up with another They Love Each Other from 1973, and then we'll go onward and forward and further up, down, all around. We're going to go downtown, uptown. Right now, hey, I'm going to leave you with a deep noodle and a nice closer. Peace. Have a good week.
This time.